John Winfield said that was worth waiting for, Michael, and, and I agree. Thank you very much. So Thank glad you. we got that little technical issue taken care of. It's wonderful to hear you talk. Good morning. My name is Johnny. Welcome to the Unity Center for Positive Living. We're glad you could join us this morning. So nice to see you, Joy. Welcome back. And now I'd like to try to read to you from the daily. I left my glasses at home today, so. <laughs> oh, we have a volunteer. Sherry says she's going to read the daily word for us today. Thank you, Sherry. I could read my service leaders, Kevin. This is a little bit. Okay. Today is Sunday, July 16th, and our daily word is reflection. I reflect the brilliant light of God. God, the one presence and power in the universe, is expressing through all people, the natural world, and all other aspects of life. If I ever doubt the presence of God, I need only behold the world around me. The light of God is being reflected in the kind words and acts of people, in the beauty and magnificence of nature, and in life's grand rhythms and minuscule movements. I too reflect the brilliance of God. My ideas, dreams, and all I do to make my mark on the world are just some of the ways the divine expresses uniquely as me. Living from my divinity, I bring more of God's light into the world. And all of us, seeing the glory of God, as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. 2 Corinthians 3.18 Wonderful. Thank you very much, Sherry. Well, I kind of like that. Maybe we should start having somebody else besides the service leader read our daily word on a regular basis. Okay, now, please join us in singing while the Merker family leads us in. Surely the Presence. say our opening statement together. There is only one presence and one power 
active as the universe and as my life. God the good. Now it's time for a welcoming song. Please join us in singing Her family leads us in this little light of mine and feel free to stand up and when we get done, we'll sit down and it'll be time to greet your neighbors.
I see you have a Boeing shirt on, Fred. Did you work for Boeing? Uh, yeah, for about uh, my, my uh, other half did. Sandy uh, retired from Boeing <clears throat> up in Seattle. So I worked for him as a contractor for like uh, two and a half years, setting up uh, sales of the 757 Special Freighter to a DHL in uh, Belgium. So I had a project that I did for him. They sort of lost their way when they moved to Chicago, when the headquarters moved out of Seattle. Oh. And now they moved out of Chicago, and I, I think they're in a southern state, and I'm not sure which one right now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Chicago's not really a good place for them, I didn't think. Yeah. But they gave them like $400 million to move there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All about money, usually is. Right. <laughs> Appreciate that. Now it's time for announcements. Joanne is doing a, a weekly email with notices and details of regular events on the weeks when they occur for grand funds and for Dr. Murray's book and film club discussions. Um, and uh, Bob has left you all the next week. And we're going to talk to you the the Veterans um, Museum. Next Saturday, ooh, what are they honored for? We're done. Your service? Yeah. Time and service? All right. All right. What are they going to do? All right. So next Sunday at noon. Okay. And next Saturday at noon. Not Sunday. Saturday at noon. All right. Anybody else have any announcements? And Susan. Um, I brought a card today that I would like you to sign it. So moved. It's a thank you card for our friend Robin Petrizetti. Did I say that right? Um, who served at Free Hot Soup for seven and a half years, and we have supported that effort. And the last meal was served last Wednesday, and she deserves so much of our thanks. So if you put a short little note in here and sign it, that'd be awesome. And all right, yes, thank you. Robin's done a wonderful job there. Not an easy one. Anybody else? Who has the picnic details? Who has picnic details? Let's talk about the picnic. We're doing picnic August 13th. 
at uh, Dr. Dari's house. So it's going to be a potluck. That's out in Mossy Rock. If you ever been out there before? It's a wonderful, beautiful place. I think Joanne's uh, coordinating the potluck. <laughs> hey, it's potluck. That's right. Uh, well, we do need to show up, uh, some of us, a couple hours early and help set stuff up and wipe down the tables and set the chairs on us. Okay, so what, I need What time does she want to go? I don't know. I, like, I don't know. Party party. Johnny's the guy. All right, and we'll nail that down. We've still got a little bit of time. Carpooling Yeah, carpooling events. We can take one from my house and one lot. So Joanne's volunteered to take four people. All right, I'm looking forward to that. If you've had it inside the past couple of years, and it's not, not as much fun as going somewhere. Okay, now it's time for our unity statement. So Joanne, we'll you get back in there. Any anybody on Zoom got announcements? No, okay. All right, here we go. Let's all say it together. We believe in our oneness with all life and the power of love. We teach universal principles and values as taught by Jesus and others revealed in the one God presence. We practice prayer, meditation, and service to be conscious of our oneness in God. You know, I've been coming here for a long time, and we've been saying that for a long, long time. Many years ago, I kind of realized that when I meet someone and they, and they ask me why I'm wearing this little dove, and they ask me about unity, that having that little statement memorized is really nice because you can kind of tell really simply, easily, except that they know exactly what we're all about here. And now it's time for a song of joy. So please join us while the workers lead us in deep inside my heart and feel free to stand on up, folks. Inside my heart, deep inside my heart, I've got this everlasting love. I got this everlasting love. It's shining like the sun. It's shining like the sun. It radiates on everyone. It radiates on everyone. And the more that I give, the more that I give, the more I've got to give. Inside my heart, deep inside my heart, I've got this everlasting love. I've got this everlasting love. It's shining like the sun.
inside my heart Deep inside my heart I've got this everlasting love 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 Deep inside my heart Deep inside my heart and now it's time for our reading. Today our reading will be by Rosa. <laughs> With the help of Penny. Hello. Okay, I found this reading in a little book, which looks like our Unity Reader, called One Humanity, Many Stories. And the one that struck me was on claiming truth. And it goes as thus. I used to think of spiritual growth as a process of learning new teachings and systems and then demonstrating proficiency in them. But adding more spiritual skills started to feel like adding more stuffing to a pillow. At some point, more isn't better. It's just more. Continue to stuff the pillow and it seems eventually it will stretch and rip. My pillow of spiritual knowledge was pretty stuffed. Adding more did not seem to create the same transformational experience as it once did. Unity practitioners are all well aware of the power of letting go. And we know our teachings about denial and renunciation. Charles Fillmore described denial as the mental process of erasing false beliefs and making room for the establishment of truth. Similarly, he described renunciation as letting go of old thoughts so new thoughts might find a place in consciousness. Both are important building blocks to spiritual transformation. And then he talks about kenosis, to empty oneself. I first learned the term kenosis from the author Cynthia Bulgar. The word comes from the Greek verb kenosian, and it means to empty oneself. In denial and renunciation, there is a subtle yet distinct pushing away from something towards something else. Kenosis, by contrast, is a self-emptying through willingness to let things come and go without grabbing on. Describe the chaff burning away in a divine fire. And while we've all probably experienced a form of this, what makes kenosis distinct 
is that the fire takes what we have labeled positive as well as negative. Therefore, spiritual identities that have felt integral to the expression of our higher selves start to be burned away too. Hmm. I experienced this recently as I began to feel divine discontent serving as the minister of a church where I grew up. Mediator, minister, spiritual guide, mystic, teacher, spiritual leader, one by one, all these spiritual identities lost their structure as expressions of my true self. What is most remarkable is that I let them. At first it was painful, like loss of my spiritual identity. Then I started to express a new type of freedom. There was a sense of choicelessness, choice, a sense, there was a sense of choiceless choice where everything I came to count on as my spiritual self was less real. At this point, it felt as if this dissolution, this essential part of revealing a new expression of my true self. And then the author goes on with this last bit entitled The Experience of Emptiness, How That Feels. The expression of true self is how you identify with the divinity that you are willing to take many forms throughout your lifetime. It certainly has mine so far, and I will expect it to continue to evolve. If you are in a period of acquiring new skills, growing in consciousness by learning and demonstrating new thought principles, beautiful. Let your true self shine as the light of God and the delight in more new positive sense, posit a new positive sense of self that you are inhabiting more and more. No matter the essence of your quest to know and reveal more of your true self, you are ever evolving, ever changing, and always a dynamic expression of God. Go forth and live it. All right, thank you, Kenny. You're welcome. Let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine. And now it's time for a meditation challenge. Please join us while the Merkur family leads us in Angel Wash.
That was wonderful. Thank you, Isaac and Karen and Michael. And now it's time for our affirmations. Please join us in our affirmations. We'll say it again. I am the love of God in expression. I am truly thankful for all the good I already experience. I am growing more prosperous with every day. I am healthy, active, whole, and happy. I am always growing and expanding into the fulfillment of my potential. I am at peace, knowing everything I need comes to me in the perfect time, in the perfect way. So this is the third Sunday of the month, so we will be praying the traditional Lord's Prayer today, followed by the Alleluia. Let's all say it together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from error. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, the Merker family. Okay, so now it's time for a speaker. Just imagine how fortunate we are to have a different speaker each Sunday of the month. Just imagine how pleased we all are to have today's speaker, the Reverend John Winfield, in our sanctuary once again. Just imagine how blessed you are all to be here to listen to his positive message. Just imagine. Please join me in welcoming Reverend John Wakefield. Let there be life. Let it shine. It is so great to be alive. Amen. Amen. And good to be here with you again. This is a little switcheroo because um, uh, I usually speak on the fifth Sunday of the month, as you know, or some of you know, and may remember. Um, but the fifth Sunday of the month, in two weeks, 
my kids are all going to be here from around the world. And so my wife talked me into doing a little asking for uh, just a switch with some if someone would be willing anytime to to swap with me. Thank you, someone for that. I appreciate it. Um, imagine living in a community where everyone lives their highest understanding and principles of their master. Imagine living in a community, not where you don't have differences or arguments, but where you're able to work it out. Imagine living in a family where you are able to and willing to and actually doing the spiritual and personal, psychological and physical work to cooperate and live together and grow together and resolve problems, resolve differences. Imagine living in a town or a city or a state where all the communities are living according to the principles and to the true teachings of their master, whether it's Jesus or Muhammad, whether it's a Jewish community or a Jain community, whether it's Hebrew or, or Hindu, whether it is a Methodist or Muslim, whether it is Baptist or Buddhist. Imagine being able to live, imagine, imagine living in a world, living in a, in a place where we can find ways through all of the barriers and obstacles and challenges that other people or ourselves bring up because of belief, because of attitudes, because of prejudice, because of opinions, and because, of course, action and abuse. Imagine, imagine what it would be like. Trans. Ah, now that's a word that has become pretty popular in, in recent years in our country. And it's something that I've been into for a long, long time. Transcendental and transformation. That's my take on trans. Being able to transcendental means to change, to end the trance. To end the trance that we are just a physical person in a physical body living in a physical world with mental stuff going and emotional stuff going and, and and all we need to do is get money and all we need to do is get the right people get in the right place and all we need to do is this that and the other it's ending that trance and being waking up being able to wake up to the truth that there is a universal truth a universal reality that far transcends our understanding of what's going on, or what went on, or where it went, or where we came from, or where we're going. And then transformation, changing the form, not just changing the form of your life, 
And that form of your life, whether it is, it is just physical or mental, emotional, whatever it is, allowing the change to take place without resistance, without fighting, without yourself. I mean, we're talking about all of the struggles that we go through, right? In our, the changes that happen to us. My mind is going through them changes, right? <clears throat> our bodies go through changes. Oh my God. Transcendence is Ralph Waldo Emerson and Henry Thoreau. One of them said, if one advances confidently in the directions of his or her dreams and endeavors to live the life that she has imagined, she will meet with success unexpected in common moments. Now that is the transcendence and the transformation. Swami Ramdas. Now I'm not talking about Ramdas, Richard Alpert, who was the popular teacher, spiritual teacher, who um, died several years ago, but the real Swami Ramdas from India, who said, for you, the world outside will stand transformed as the very expression or manifestation of God. Everywhere, the light of God will dazzle your eyes, even in the apparent of nature. You will be conscious of an all-pervading peace of the eternal, a consciousness which is unshakably permanent. You will also feel that you are liberated from the harassing dualities of life followed by the crowning experience of an abiding state of ineffable ecstasy, joy. That's what I like to say, Om Peace Bliss. Om Peace Bliss with my friends who won't misunderstand it. So many people, because we're limited to our attitudes and our opinions and our beliefs, and they put a tremendous limit to our understanding of life and the universe. So many Christians, I think, um, see, see it that if they believe the right thing and do the right thing and go to the right churches and attend the right assemblies and all that, that they will be rewarded and be able to go to heaven, that Jesus is walking with them, hovering about them and, and protecting them and always their companion. But wait a minute. Just as we affirmed earlier, we are in a universe, and I believe, honestly, I believe that the universe is God. It's a physical, the whole universe with all the, with all of the, the uh, all that we've been seeing with the web, the, the J. Webb telescope, you know, looking back in time and, and, and the Hubble telescope and all these, these incredible um, galactic expressions and, and so forth. It's all God. It's all the divine manifest in form and continually expanding. And so Jesus isn't just, you know, the Christ consciousness is not just here to walk with us humans who believe in a certain dogma or doctrine or believe certain things, but it's everywhere. Think about all the, you know, it's not just 144,000 they're going to be saved according as a, a, a lot of people believe, or, or as Calvinism, John Calvin had that idea of pre, predetermination, and that, that means that everyone's determined they're going to make it or not. It doesn't matter what they do or what they think or what they believe, because they're already in the book, right? Yeah. 
We're talking about 8 billion people on this planet. And how about other planets? How about other galaxies? How about other places that we know, have no clue about in the universe? There is one God, one universal essence. Have you thought about that? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Just keep expanding your consciousness. Because to me, that's what the Christ consciousness is all about. It's an expanding oneness with all things. As I, I'm not sure if it was the old that someone said, or no, 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 no. It was um, uh, a German mystic. Um, it'll come to me tomorrow. Um, Eckert. Eckert. Um, that God is a circle whose center is everywhere and his circumference is known. That we are in this universal circle. And the way we relate to it is through not only understanding, but through love. Through getting it and making it real, happen, really happen in our life. Transformation, changing the form. Now, uh, when I was Minister of Unity in the United Kingdom, um, my wife and I went out to Glastonbury. Have you heard of Glastonbury? Yeah. Maybe you've heard of it. Recently, Elton John did his final tour, world tour, um, and so forth, concert there, and Paul McCartney was in attendance, and all these other great uh, musicians, uh, Foo Fighters, and, and U2, and all these people want to play the Who, they, they play at Glastonbury. It's a big deal. But Glastonbury, I love that place. It's, a, it's west of London, about 100 120 miles. And it's an ancient um, site which, uh, not only in Christian, but in pre Christian and other uh, mythologies, has a tremendous significance. And so I went there with this understanding. We, want, we were looking at only one of our four unity retreats at Glastonbury while I was minister there. And so we went and visited with the vicar who is a uh, um, Glastonbury Abbey. And are, you, are you familiar with that at all? Okay. Um, then I'll give you a little bit of lore because I love I love the mythology and the legends. And um, he went well. This is this was what we did. We had a nice conversation. He was very open to us. And um, but one thing he was happiest about and proudest of was this was right after it happened. Is that he would get the opening prayer for the Glastonbury wow. uh, musical gig. Wow. You know, with all these great uh, musical luminaries, and um, but when you go back in time, Glastonbury was a uh, community of Druids, and Joseph of Ar Arimathea. Do you recognize that name? Yeah. He was Jesus' uncle, and when they crucified Jesus' body, they placed the body in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. He was a trader. He was a trader. He and I don't mean to go against other people. He, he was a merchant. And so he, um, after Jesus' resurrection, he took a few things with him. The chalice, the Holy Grail that we must know of, the chalice and the crown of thorns and a few other things with him. And he went up to Glastonbury and there he contacted the Druids and he taught them what Jesus had been 
living and teaching. Living and teaching. Get that, living and teaching. And he built the first church there. It was called the Waddle Church. When I first visited this in back in 1998, um, I was just so transfixed by seeing all these things. The Waddle Church is kind of, it, don't worry, it's been rebuilt. <laughs> you know, we're talking over 2,000 years now. And, um, and then the crown of thorns, he planted it and a tree sprung up, so the legend goes. Well, that tree was hacked down by some Christian fundamentalist who was declaring, you know, this is evil stuff, you know. But they took a cutting of that and they planted it. And when I was there in 98 and then later while I was minister in the UK, um, it's grown up and it's becoming a big, big holly bush again. Have you ever sw smelled the blossom of holly? Yeah. Oh, they're divine. It's a divine fragrance. It's so beautiful. So anyway, um, that's where the, there, there is the abbey. And then, um, and that's all ruins because when Henry VIII uh, declared himself the head of the, then the new Church of England, the Anglican Church, then um, not everyone agreed with that. And the, uh, the Monsignor, his name was James Whiting of, of Glastonbury, refused to go along with it and convert. So he maintained his affiliation with the Church of Rome. Well, they came in and he lost his head and, and they, they took the, the top off of the, the abbey itself, all the buildings. They just, and that's how they did it in those times. They, he would send the henchmen, Henry would send the henchmen in, and they would remove the, the roof, the lids on all of the, the churches and abbeys and, and things. And then nature would just play its course and everything would erode away, which makes for beautiful ruins today. You know, they're very cool places to look. But part of the legend was that, that Joseph had brought the chalice cup that Jesus had served wine in in the Last Supper, right? Are you with me on that? And and he had he had buried it in a well, the chalice well. And there was a sacred place there in Glastonbury, just down the block from, from the ruins of the, the abbey, where there is the chalice well. Oh, and it's, the vibes there are just great. It's just a great place. We went there and did yoga and meditated for quite some time. And then there's the tour, which is a 500 foot kind of a, a hill, they, they would call it a mountain, but around here, we don't call those 500 foot uh, hillocks. We don't call them mountains, do we? And, um, but it's, it has a maze that goes up to the top and, and it's just a, a magnificent place. And this is a place that you can walk on, not the maze, but um, a labyrinth that goes up to the summit. And, it, and it's just a magnificent place. And this is a place where one, once or twice a year uh, during the solstice, they have the, the veil between the worlds is very thin. And there is a transformation, kind of a changing of form of going in and out, going between, from this dimension to... I love that kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff. I don't know if it means anything to you, but check it out. Check it out. So love is the way to get through the veil. The veil, the difference, the separation with other people as well. 
with people in our own family, people in our community. But sometimes love is just being silent and being willing to listen, being willing to hear, or at least fake it. You know, fake it until you make it. Are you familiar with that? That's something I got a lot of, heard a lot during 12-step meetings, is it fake it until you make it. And just show up and do your best. Pay attention to what other people are doing and saying. Love is a principle, love is a power, and love is a practice, and it takes work. It really takes a lot of work. Not something you can buy or get from anyone or anything, not something you can get over the internet. You can, don't get it by showing up in the right place at the right time. You get it by showing up within yourself and being willing to make a decision and take action on love and acceptance. Rabinus Tagore said, Love is the only reality, and it is not a mere sentiment. It's the ultimate truth that lies at the heart of creation. Now, we are in a crisis in this country, in this world. Many crises, actually. We are in an environmental crisis. I mean, check out the weather. That's just an indication of the climate, the warming of the planet Earth, and all the extreme heat that's going on in the extreme. My son down in Texas is experiencing 106 degrees on a 105, 101 on a daily basis. My daughter back in New York is experiencing not the floods, but the, the town she's at, they, you know, down in, in down below, they are having flooding today. So there are all these extremes going on. And how long until we have smoke from a fire? You know, these are these are effects. These are, are just the result of, of what we've been creating with all of the air pollution and the environmental pollution that we've been spewing out for a long period. So crisis is an interesting word. I first thought of it as being danger and opportunity, but I looked it up. I really looked it up. Can you believe that? I got my old dictionary and dictionary. I have a dictionary still, which is to teach, teach us how to speak diction properly, but it has good references for the origin of words, and the word, the Greek word, crisis or crisis with a K, simply means turning point. We are at a turning point for the global health, for public health, a crisis, a turning point for social health, being able to get along, being able to cooperate, being able to work things out with others when they don't look like us or sound like us or believe like us or think like us or live like us. And the world is full of them, of us, of us people who are just such a diversity, such, so many different people and billions of people when I started as minister, there were two billion, now there are over eight billion. So it's here we are. We're dealing with all the these crises, these turning points. Homelessness in our country is a crisis. And it's in a, it's a health, public health crisis. And, and it, it's a, a personal crisis for anyone who is going through it or anyone who uh, has a family member or a friend going through that. Mental 
emotional, physical. And one of the things that uh, I think that we have to deal with is fundamentalism. You know, fundamental. A friend of mine said, "Fundamental is good if you put the fun before the mental." <laughs> but fundamentalism, whether it is in Christianity or Judaism or Hinduism, or Islam, it, it causes so many problems because it's always I'm right and they're wrong, right? I'm good and they're evil. And just we can't work that. We can't coexist that way. We have to find a way through this. So, so here's one a good example. I know a young man, and I've known him for 40 years, um, since he was about five, playing with my son. They met in Sunday school, and only Shane would be the one who would not be able to sit in the, in the, in the Sunday school. He would be out the door, out the back door, and out playing in the woods. He'd be climbing trees or going at least into the gazebo and playing outside. You know, I heard about that, and, and, and I thought, that's interesting. And I did never once think he should not do that. Well, now what he's doing is he's doing documentary films. Perhaps you've seen some. If you ever watch public television, KBTC has aired some of his programs, like on the, um, the mouse uh, of the um, Chehalis River recently, and, and what has been going on there with, with how they deal with floods and how they de are dealing with managing the forest forestry there and so forth and just recently i think it was about six weeks ago he was awarded an emmy award a regional emmy award for a later movie he did documentary film on the lost salmon did you see that check it out if you, if you go to other kbtc and you can you can find it online and, um, because he is showing how the life of the, the wild salmon, these, that had to do with, especially with spring salmon, wild salmon and steelhead in, in the West Coast is a, like, pardon the, the uh, analogy, it's kind of a mixed metaphor, but it's the canary in the, in the mine. You know, it's, the, these are life forms. Of, and for the Native Americans, uh, the salmon is like the buffalo for the plains Indians, where they get everything for us. And so there's a very special ceremony every year for the Puyallup people and for our, a lot of the tribes uh, with the catch of the first salmon and the Shehalasi as well, of course. And, and so I, I'm not sure if I'm, I always point behind the back and I'm not sure if that's the way towards Shehalas or not, but uh, just take that as a, a figure of speech or emotion. But, Anyway, uh, that, that kind of thing shows up when we give credence to what truly is happening and not put it down because of some politician or some preacher or some, uh, some other person whose opinions and attitudes and beliefs somehow defy the truth. You know, um, Galileo, Galileo Galilei, was put under house arrest and it was over 400 years later that they finally said that he wasn't he was not wrong because he dared to agree with copernicus that the world that the earth 
rotates around the sun, and the sun and the whole universe doesn't rotate around the earth. And the, the church found him guilty, and they, they put him under house arrest. And that lasted for 400 years until the 1990s, when they finally rescinded that. Think about that. Think about that. The world doesn't rotate around us, even though we like to think of it. But that's more of a teenage thought, isn't it? You know, that, that we're, when we're teenagers, everyone rotates around us. Everything, you know, how sweet it is, how sweet I am. But it's truly the fact that we are in an expanding universe, and this universe is all incredibly vast, and we are discovering what it is every day, more and more. Oops, sorry. Albert Einstein said, our task must be to free ourselves by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of creation and its beauty. Beauty. And so I think what's so enriching, what I find so enriching, enriching is science and art music and so many forms of expression expressing that creativity that creative essence of who we are in the unity matrix that charles Fillmore gave us this idea of the 12 power and the 12 powers the imagination imagine is related to right here the third eye part the, the frontal lobe of the brain and so that this is like the creative um workshop it's the creative um, studio of our mind, of our consciousness. And we create beauty. We create good songs. We create good love. Imagination put into action. Good, loving expressions. And it's so important. Einstein also said the most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. It is the source of all true art and science. So imagine, imagine living in a world where we're not just looking for a way out, not just looking for an escape and find a belief system that will get us to that place of reward after we die is to ensure that somehow we will not just end our existence. Pretty radical, huh? When so many people believe that what they believe is going to get them to the next place, but we know that's not true. That heaven is a state of consciousness, just as hell is a state of consciousness. Hell is that anger and pain and that suffering that we create within ourselves, that useless, unnecessary suffering that so many people get trapped in and think that's God's will. That's not God's will. God's will is for good for everyone, for all of us to find good in each other, to appreciate in each other. Can you imagine living in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood? Imagine. Mr. Rogers, he said, Fred Rogers said this, I believe that appreciation is a holy thing, that when we look for what's best in a person, we happen to be with, at this moment, we are doing what God does best all the time, so in loving and appreciation, our neighbor, we're participating in something sacred. Yeah. We're participating when we are willing to put aside our prejudices, 
and, and see the good. And sometimes that's hard, you know? There are political leaders that I am just so frustrated with that it's hard for me to see the light in them, to see the love and, and really embrace them and say, that's my brother, that's my sister. But I want to be spend time with you. There are people I don't want to be around at all. And I'm sorry, that, but that's my, my ego gets really fluffed up on that. And it's my ego. I don't know about you. You probably overcome that, but, but that's something I have to struggle with. So I, don't, I try not to watch those people on TV. I got to turn off the sound. That, that's some of the things you really guys. So imagine. I know some of you saw it of a song. Yeah. <laughs> so I played with the words of that song by John Lennon. Perhaps his greatest gift, among many other great gifts in music. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. Imagine there's no place we go when we depart this world, no place of reward for righteousness. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky, nor one of punishment for the unrighteous. Heaven and hell are states of consciousness, love, peace, joy, forgiveness, compassion, truth, and consciousness. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine people living in the now. Now. This is the only time we've got is now. The past is gone. The, the future is what we are determining with our thoughts and words and actions now. Imagine that there's no countries and it isn't hard to do. Imagine borders of nations to define cultures and arts and people, not divide us and keep us out, but more like states. That's what I was hoping with the European Union, that it would become one country, just like the United States is one, well, sort of, but we have a very disunited state of mind, but we have to work through it. I've been reading, just aside here, this is not my note, but um, reading the book, uh, King of Rivals, the history of, of uh, Lincoln, his, his brilliant leadership, and how he was able to bring together all of his rivals who wanted to be president when he wanted to be president and make them his cabinet. And uh, it's interesting because a lot of the things that were happening 160 years ago in this country, especially in the other Washington, are happening today. Happening today in not only Washington, but Alabama and Texas and Florida and California, all over the country. Imagine nothing to kill or die for, no religion to. So many wars, past, present, are a result of what? Religion, religion, fundamentalism in religion, especially. And even the one that's going on now, the, the hot war in Ukraine is the fundamental Russian Orthodox against the fundamental Ukrainian Orthodox. Mm -hmm. Imagine all the people living life for peace. You, you may say I'm a dreamer. I am. But I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join me and hold a dream for peace. Imagine no possessions. I wonder if you can. Well, owning something 
means you're going to be responsible. Whether it's a car or a home or your own physical health or your own relationship, you're going to be responsible to do the work that needs it or see that the work is done. You may not work on it anymore, but you have to take care of it. That's, that's what ownership is about today. Not to be possessed by thinking or money or status or anger or power. No need for greed or hum hunger where folk with empty hands. Greed and hate, basic ignorance, and fear of society. And fear is what? False evidence appearing real. And where does that get us? It gets us in trouble. It gets us in conflict. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. Imagine all communities living love and peace and forgiveness, sharing the resources, the safety, and abundance of goodness. Yeah, you may say I'm agreement. I am, but I'm not the only one. And I hope someday you'll join us. And that you'll be one. Because we are all one. So let's take a time, shall we, to have a, I think I've overshot my, no, no, my time no, limit here, no, no, no. but um, do. so let's just get still. And let's imagine that in this space and time, that we live in a universe in which divine mind shows up as divine ideas. And those divine ideas are love, understanding, and knowledge, order, peace. And we open our minds, we open our hearts and our consciousness to the love, understanding, and the peace. And the healing, the healing of all of us in our part of our families, our part of our community, and our part of human time. To extend the love and the peace, the healing energy to others as well. People who are suffering, people who are struggling.
and so does our gratitude, our appreciation for this moment. Imagine there is no heaven. It's easy if you try. No more below us, above us on the sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. No religion to imagine all the people living life for peace. You, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you will join us and the world will live as one. Thank you, Lord God, for this beautiful day. As we prepare to go out and enjoy it. Enjoy. That was wonderful. Thank you, John, so much. Thank you, Reverend Rayfield. How blessed we are to have you here. Now it's time for our offering. While we're together physically and virtually, we want to thank everyone who has donated to Unity by mail. We appreciate any checks sent to the church at 800 South Pearl Street, Centralia 98531. You can also donate online by clicking on the donation page or our website, unitysc.net. As we hold our offering in our hands and hearts, let's say our offering prayer together. Divine love, through me, Blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I have. He didn't care. Can you see anybody, Tom? Yes, John.
I don't have enough for everybody right now. But I'm I'm gonna make them available for free. If you want to make a donation, small donation or whatever you can. Is this a, a new CD, not one of the ones that we have? Yeah, not one new one. Oh, John's got another new CD, I'm wonderful. Sherry and I are both saying it. And you know, I gave it to you over the last few months. Part of it was through my macular degeneration, and I was kind of half out of my head. But you know, I got some real people I really feel on my head. Right. And I want to share that. You bet. We can listen to it downstairs. Kind enough to say, well, we can play it downstairs while we're eating. Sure. So I might get a listen to it. And all right, thank you, John. I can't come up with enough of them. I got with me all man. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Thank you. All right, now it's time for a blessing of thanks. Let's all say the blessing of thanks together. We bless these gifts and send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly. So yes. No time for healing prayer. Members of our community have asked that we send healing prayers and energy to the peoples of our community who must deal with basic human needs while living without a home. Personally, I would like for us to send out our collective energy to, well, the whole world right now. I think the whole world could use our positive prayers right now. And also, Everybody, let's all pray for Petey. You keep Petey in mind. Petey is the worker's kitty, and he's in hospital right now with some serious issues. So let's all pray for Petey. Now, if you want to focus our collective group healing energy for someone, shout out their name, speak it quietly, focus upon them in your imagination. If you're on Zoom and you wish to, unmute. Tell us who it is you wish us all to pray for. Let's not forget our own John Clark. Beloved Mother, Father God, we ask for the highest and greatest good for all and endeavor to see them through your eyes, knowing all is in divine order. Amen. Now it's time for prayer protection. Let's all say the prayer protection together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and always what. Now I'd like to take a moment to thank all of you who made our day service possible. We deeply appreciate all the ways you give of your time to all the If you're interested in serving, please speak to Susan during fellowship or send her a text or an email about volunteering to be a reader. We will do this service leader. Also, please join us next Sunday. Licensed Unity Teacher Audrey Pitchford will be our speaker. And finally, please stay with us after service if you wish to share in our fellowship time where we're going to listen to John's new CD today. Now it's time for the peace song. Let's form a circle and join hands in the center and in Zoom land and sing our song of peace.
speak.